0: What's up everyone, and welcome to the premiere episode of the DCEU season here on Cinematic Reviews. As always, I'll be your host Chris, and this is the show about all things movies and TV. Every week I give my thoughts on the newest releases, beloved franchises, and even upcoming projects like Star Wars and Marvel. You can of course support the show by giving it a rating slash review on your favorite podcast service as well as follow the show on all of its social media pages. I really do appreciate all the support out there from you guys. Today, we kick off our journey into the DCEU with Zack Snyder's Man of Steel, which stars Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Michael Shannon, Diane Lane, Kevin Koshner, and Russell Crowe as Jor-el. I'm really excited to share not only my thoughts on Man of Steel, but the DCEU as a whole. I've always been a huge DC Comics fan, and I still am today, even with the hot mess that is the DCEU right now. But first, let's talk about some Man of Steel facts. Man of Steel was released on June 14th, 2013, which was the 75th anniversary of Superman. It was directed by Zack Snyder, and he, of course, is best known for this Dawn of the Dead, Watchmen, Batman v Superman, and Justice League. Man of Steel grossed over $668 million worldwide against an estimated $225 million budget. Despite all the controversy around Snyder's DC films, they were still considered successes from a box office standpoint. They weren't the hits that the MCU were, of course, but they were still profitable for Warner Brothers. Henry Cavill refused to take steroids for the role. He also refused any digital touch-ups or enhancements to his body in all of his shirtless scenes. He said it would have been very dishonest to use any trickery while playing Superman. Cavill said the most difficult scenes to film were the two shirtless scenes because he reached a body fat level of 7% through the help of an extremely difficult diet and training regimen. Snyder awarded him with ice cream and pizza after they shot those shirtless scenes. Gal Gadot was originally cast as Feora, but had to drop out due to her pregnancy. She, of course, would go on to play Wonder Woman in Batman v Superman, Justice League, and her two solo films. Ben Affleck turned down directing the film because he wasn't experienced enough with visual effects. He, of course, would go on to play Batman in Batman v Superman, Suicide Squad, and Justice League. The filmmakers hired an expert in anthropology and linguistics to create the Kryptonian language in Man of Steel. This was Amy Adams' third time auditioning for Lois Lane. She previously auditioned for Brett Ratner's abandoned film and Brian Singer's Superman Returns. Army Hammer, Matt Bomer, and Zac Efron were all on the short list for Superman. Cavill was finally cast though. He was actually the front runner to play Superman in another abandoned Superman film with the working title Flyby. Viggo Mortensen and Daniel Day-Lewis were considered for the role of Zod, but it eventually went to Michael Shannon, who absolutely killed it. Daniel Day-Lewis was actually Snyder's first choice for Zod. John Snyder, who played Jonathan Kent in The Smallville Show, reportedly disliked Kevin Costner's portrayal of the character. And honestly, so did everyone else, Snyder. Some other... Uh, almost castings were Natalie Portman, Christian Stewart, Zoe Zeldana, and Anne Hathaway were all considered for Lois Lane as well. Clive Owen and Sean Penn were considered for Jor-El. Dennis Quaid, Bruce Greenwood, and Kurt Russell were all considered for Jonathan Kent, and Connie Nielsen was considered for Lara. Nielsen would go on to play uh, the mother of Wonder Woman in future DC projects. And lastly, Man of Steel was the title of the cancelled sequel to Superman Returns. Browning Ralph, who played Superman in Superman Returns, expressed interest in returning, but Snyder stated that Man of Steel would be a complete reboot of the character. Now, let's get to my thoughts on Man of Steel. Man of Steel was one of the few films that I saw twice opening weekend. It's an amazing film with a lot of problems, of course, but I think it set up the foundation for the DCEU in a great way. Henry Cavill is such an incredible Superman. A.B. Adams was a great Lois Lane that had enough chemistry with Cavill to move that relationship forward. And Michael Shannon completely killed it as General Zod. My God, Shannon just let loose in this, and I absolutely love it. That scene when he is handcuffed and screaming, I will find him to Laura, is so good. His motivation isn't groundbreaking by any means, but I think it works. And Shannon did a great job at conveying it. He lost his world, so now he wants to use Earth in order to bring his people back. It's his purpose in life, and he will do whatever it takes to achieve his goal. Christopher Reeve's take on Superman is so iconic. But Man of Steel, to me, is the best Superman film that we've had so far. I will admit that Cavill doesn't have the charisma as Reeves did or the very bright suit in the original Superman films. But Cavill brings something new to the character. He portrays a conflicted Superman who is learning to trust the people of Earth. He has this urge to save everyone he encounters, even though there are bad people who don't deserve his help, like the asshole in the bar. Some may argue that. It was really mature of Clark to destroy his semi-truck like that, but the guy had it coming. I believe in karma, so this worked for me as a scene in a Superman film. Now, like I said, this isn't a perfect Superman film, or even a perfect film in general. And I'll get to the the specifics in in the negative segments later on in the episode, but I really commend Zack Snyder for giving the audiences a different take on Superman. It's darker and depressing, but to me, that's the DC universe. Marvel, to me, was always the bright, funny side of the comic book world. Yeah, it has some really dark storylines, but for the most part, Marvel is the opposite of DC. DC was always the dark and violent side of that coin to me. That's what I think Snyder was going for. He wanted to not be Marvel. He wanted to give audiences a, a dark take on Superman, who is this beacon of hope to the fans. That entertains me as a moviegoer. I want to be surprised. I want to feel an arrange of emotions when watching a film. I felt happy, I felt sad, depressed, and hyped while watching Man of Steel. I don't agree with all the decisions, but for the most part, I really enjoyed Snyder's take on DC. Not to point any fingers, but it's Warner Brothers that dropped the ball and throughout the season you'll hear me bring up every time I think they completely destroyed this universe. I don't blame the actors or the directors for the shit show that is DC right now. It's, it's Warner brothers. They failed the fans. They knew what they were signing up for when they hired Zack Snyder at the very beginning. He laid out this five movie m- roadmap for the DC. And he was, uh, wanted to lay this foundation for the future of DC films. And they, the Warner brothers said, yes, but, but, they eventually freaked out over Batman v Superman when it was released in theaters and they tried to pull the plug on Zack Snyder. There is no greater shame than that. You agreed to it, so own it, DC and Warner Brothers. They they saw what Marvel was doing and got scared. They should have backed Zack Snyder even harder and let him finish his five-movie arc. It would have been incredible to get a multi-film story arc from Zack Snyder and DC. Now. We as fans are left with a huge mess of a universe that we don't know the future of. It's really disappointing. But on the bright side, DC fans have films like Man of Steel and Zack Snyder's Justice League to watch over and over again. So with that, we're going to take a break with the trivia game before diving into specifics with Man of Steel. For any new listeners out there, this is the part of the show where we take a break and we pull up the Popcorn Trivia app and take a fun 10-question trivia game about the film. I haven't seen these questions yet, so I'll be experiencing them for the first time with you guys. So with that, let's get started with the Act 1 questions on the Popcorn Trivia app. So question 1. Which character said, people are afraid of what they don't understand? Was it Kevin Costner's Jonathan Kent? Amy Adams's Lois Lane, or Lawrence Fishburne's Perry White. We're going to go with Perry White when he is scolding Lois about her article on Superman. Ooh, that was wrong. Oh, I bet it was Kevin Costner when he was talking to Clark. And that is correct. It was Kevin Costner. So that is one wrong for me so far. Question two. What newspaper does Lois Lane work for? Daily Tattler, Daily Bugle, Daily Planet, or Daily Star? Well, it, of course, is Daily Planet. And that is correct. It was the Daily Planet. Next question. What did Superman see that Hamilton had in his pocket? A pen and breath spray, extra glasses and a stick of bubblegum, a watch and peppermint Tic Tacs, his ID tag, and wintergreen lifesavers. I'm visualizing the scene in my head, and I believe it was his ID tag and some lifesavers in his pocket. And that was correct. Question four. Who is General Swanwick? So looking at these four pictures, I believe, and I'm drawing a blank on the actor's name, but is the top right picture. That is correct. It was Harry Lennox. That is his name. Question five, what did Superman say the S on his clothing means? Love, hope, peace, or freedom? Well, I believe it was hope because he says it's not an S. On my world, it means hope. So we're gonna go with hope. And that is correct. Question six, how does Superman benefit from being on a planet located near a young star? It makes him immune to kryptonite. The atmosphere is the same on kryptons. He needs water to live, or the solar radiation gives him strength. Now, being the DC fan that I am, I know that the sun gives Superman his strength. So we're going to go with the last answer. And that was correct. It was the radiation that gives him his strength. Next question. How many weeks did Perry suspend Lois for? So one week, three weeks, five weeks, ten weeks. I think at first he said two weeks, and then he ups it to three. So we're going to go with three weeks, because one week sounds way too short. And it was three weeks. He initially suspended her for two weeks, but then she seemed cool with it, so he upped it to three, right? Question eight. In which of these four scenes is the song Seasons played? Now, if you are a fan of the show, you know I am terrible at these song ones, so we're going to go with it. Was it when he takes the clothes off of the hanger? Is it when he... Kisses, I think that's when he kisses Lois. we get the boat scene at the beginning, or is it when he's watching TV drinking a beer? We're going to go with the first one when he's taking the clothes off the hangar. That's what's drawn up in my mind. And that was right. It was when he would, came out of the water and stole the clothes. Question 9. What is Superman's alien name? Jor-El, Kal-El, Kor-El, or per el Well, Joel is, of course, Russell Crowe's character. So we're going to go with cal L. And that is correct. Superman slash Clark Kent is cal L on Krypton. And then the last question. What does Superman say to General Swanwick to convince him that he won't one day act against America's interests? Does he say, I just saved the world? What does your gut tell you? I grew up in Kansas. Or I love Budweiser we're gonna go with I grew up in Kansas that's as American as you can get and that was correct so my results is I got the first question wrong which is very disappointing because I should have known that but I will take the 96 out of 100 because that's still really impressive in my mind but feel free to share your scores on any of the cinematic reviews social media pages also Give me your thoughts on this episode or the film in general. I would love to see how you guys did on the qu- on the game, and of course your thoughts on the Man of Steel or this episode on Mac Views. But with that, let's get back to my thoughts on Man of Steel. All right, let's get to some fun segments. First up, let's talk standout scenes. Jarrell fighting Zod on Krypton. I love all the action sequences in Man of Steel, especially this hand-to-hand uh, combat match like between Russell Crowe and uh, Michael Shannon's Zod. Russell Crowe is such a badass, and I really enjoy his take on Jor-El. He did an incredible job at being a father figure to Cal- Calville's uh, Kal-El. And again, Shannon's Zod is one of the best comic book movie villains ever. He's so menacing in every scene that he's in. I would have loved to see him pop up in future films, but, of course, he had to die at the end. He was just way out of control. Next, we have young Clark saving his classmates during the bus crash. This gave me serious Smallville vibes, if you were ever a fan of the show like I was. I think this was a great scene to watch Clark use his powers and show how much he really cares about people, even though people like dickhead Pete Ross, who are just assholes to him. Next is Clark flying for the first time. This is probably my favorite scene in the whole film. Cavill looks incredible in the suit, and the music. Goddamn, Hans Zimmer does such a great job at making a scene so incredible through the score. It's, It's one of my favorite movie scores of all time. Next, Zod makes contact with Earth. I'm probably in the minority, but I enjoy the way uh, he makes his presence known to Earth. It's really menacing to take over everyone's TV and phones in order to deliver this threat of destruction. I think the scene really worked, especially in today's age where we're all so attached to our computers, our TVs, our phones. Like this is how you an in alien invasion gets the people of Earth's attention. You attack something that they absolutely love. Then Superman surrenders to Earth. I remember this being the very first image of Calville as Superman that they released. Him walking down the hallway in handcuffs is such an incredible shot. Him talking to Swanwick, Swanwick through the uh, two-way mirror was such a baller move and a great way to show off Superman's x-rays ability. It's It's so cool. Next, we have Zod messing with Superman's mind. This wasn't the best executed sequence, but I still really enjoyed it, the visuals of it. Superman being smothered by the pile of skulls is a crazy shot that I always love. The scene wasn't set up as well as it could have been. I needed some kind of hint that Zod was in his mind, whether it was a head device or some kind of Kryptonian tool to show that his mind was being messed with by Zod. There is a lot of scenes in the film that need that sort of clarification. And this is one of them. I was honestly confused with the scene when I first saw it in theaters. But eventually I realized, oh, that whole sequence was in Superman's head. But it took multiple viewings to do that. And that's kind of poor writing, if you ask me, if you, if it takes multiple viewings to understand a simple plot point as this. And then Clark saving uh, Lois in the pod. I think this was just a great action sequence. Him pushing the pod forward and her flying out as he did that was such an incredible sequence. It's what's better than Superman saving Lois. It's what, Uh, fans loved about the original Christopher Reeve Superman is they did such a great job at Superman saving Lois because they have such this connection through not only the comics but in every Superman project it's like these two are the core of the movie and it's so fun to watch Superman save Lois every time then we get to the Smallville fight this is probably my second favorite sequence next to uh, Clark flying for the first time I love all the choreography in it Snyder using Superman's floating ability during fights was such an excellent choice. This fight in Smallville is why Man of Steel stand out to me when talking uh, comic book movies fights. It's just so well done. Clark stopping the world engine. This was a really get hype moment for me. The visuals are so cool and I love that they actually place Christopher Christopher Reeves' face onto Calville during that sequence as a homage to him. It was such a cool effect. Then we have the final fight with Zod. This is another incredible action sequence where I love all the choreography in it. It's just so cool visually. Now, I know there are a lot of controversy around Superman killing Zod at the end of the fight. I, myself, agree with the decision to kill him off. I get why people are angry with it, but I think it works because Zod was not going to stop. He was going to kill everyone on Earth, starting with that family that he was trying to uh, laser beam to death in the, I guess it was the train station or whatever that was. If Superman didn't break his neck, that family would have died. This, and then eventually the entire world. This was Clark's first experience of becoming a hero. This was a learning moment and created room for uh, character growth and in future installments. I know it's not the best executed way to do characterization, but I understand what Snyder was going for. Superman had no choice. He had to kill Zod in order to save Earth. There was no getting around it. And then finally, Jonathan watching young Clark in a red cape. This is the only scene that I love Jonathan Kent in, honestly. He saw Clark for the hero that he will become early on in life. He saw the potential in Clark. He reminds me of a lot of John Snyder's take on Jonathan in this scene, who I think was the best take on Jonathan Kent. I was never a huge fan of Koshner's take on the character. In the next segment, his favorite quotes. First up, we have General Zod. I will find him. Again, this was a great monologue that was delivered incredibly well by Michael Shannon. I always loved watching this scene. It showed how menacing and deranged Zod really is. Next, we have Dorel. You will give the people of Earth an ideal to strive towards. They will race behind you. They will stumble, they will fall. But in time, they will join you in the sun, Cal. In time, you will help them accomplish wonders. I absolutely love this speech from Jor-El to Cal while he is learning to fly. Russell Crowe kills it as jor I really enjoy this take on the iconic character, and it's a shame that he hasn't gotten another go at it. He's in Justice League for a brief moment, I believe. But that's it, other than Man of Steel. He's on, he's one of the best parts of the film, and not just the film, but the DCEU. I got goosebumps just reading that line to you guys. It's so good. They did such a great job with Jarrell, and I really wish we'd gotten more of him. Then we get the priest saying, Sometimes you have to take a leap of faith first. The trust part comes later. Now, the whole priest scene was a little random to me, but I think it worked because of this line alone. It gave Clark that push he needed to show the world who he really is and what he hopes to become for them in the future. Then we get Superman in the interrogation room. It's not an S. On my world, it means hope. I really liked the decision to give meaning behind the Superman symbol. I always thought of it just standing for Superman. Man of Steel completely changed how I look at the iconic S now. It means hope. Like, that is who he is. He's literally the embodiment of hope. It's so cool. Then we have Fiora saying, shall I tell the general you're unwilling to comply? Then we have Guardian, who is played by Christopher Maloney. I don't care what you tell him. Christopher Maloney is such a badass in Man of Steel, and, I, and he's definitely a standout character to me. Him basically telling Fiora to fuck off and leave Lois Lane alone. It's such a great character moment for him. I just, I love him. Then we have Jarrell saying, you can save them, Cal. You can save all of them. This is just another incredible line delivered by Russell Crowe that I love. It's, it's such a get hype moment in the film for me. Then we have uh, both Fiora and Guardian saying this line at some point in the film. A good death is its own reward. This is just a badass line to say during a fight. I hope whenever I do kick the bucket, I'm able to say this line before I go. It's such a badass way to go. Then we have Fiora. For every human you save, we will kill a million more. I remember this being in the trailers, and I was so hyped for still when I heard it. It's one of my favorite lines from the trailer. It's, it's such a great line in, in, in general. Then last, we have Superman saying, Krypton had its chance. This is probably tied for my favorite quote of the film with Jor-El's speech to Cal. Superman powering down his heat vision, yelling uh, Krypton had its chance at Zod, and then powering up to destroy the ship was so well performed by Cavill. I absolutely love that moment. It was great characterization for Superman as well. Now for the next segment, Diamonds in the Roof. So we have Michael Shannon Azad. Like I said, this isn't a perfect film, but Shannon Azad is what makes Man of Steel so rewatchable. He plays such a menacing villain in the film. I can't think of anyone else playing this role as well as Shannon did. It's, I just love it. Then we have Jarrell. Russell Crowe, like Michael Shannon, does such an incredible job that it makes the film with a lot of problems so awesome. The casting in this film was so good, especially with Zod and jor which is good because they, they have a history together, and I love the interactions between those two. They're such great actors and iconic roles, and I think Zack Snyder totally nailed these characters. Then we have the fight sequences. The fight choreography in Man of Steel is so well executed. The Smallville fight especially makes Man of Steel a top-tier action film. If you haven't yet, I recommend you check out the behind-the-scenes footage of the Smallville fight because Snyder nails Superman in a fight scene It's so cool to watch how it all came together with uh, The wiring and the choreography and how Cavill trained his body to be able to do all this stuff and Snyder directing him it, It's so cool. Go out there and check it out and the special features Then we have Christopher Maloney's Guardian character He's definitely a standout character in the film for me as I said, I love Every scene that he is in, which is more than I, uh, honestly remember, he was, he was in a lot of scenes and he had a lot of great lines and a lot of stuff to do and it it's he's such a great actor and he was just a perfect addition to the film. Then Henry Cavill as Superman. Many argue that Cavill's take is too depressing, but well, that's what Snyder and Cavill were going for. He is a conflicted Clark, Clark slash Superman who is trying to find his place in the world. I love his take on the character, and I hope he gets another shot at it. He's honestly my favorite Superman, even though I do really enjoy Christopher Reeves' take. It's very iconic, and I love those movies still, and I'm pretty sure Cinematic Reviews will do a season on the previous Superman films, but Cavill, to me, is Superman, and he always will be. He, He did such a great job at this role in Man of Steel. And then lastly, the score by Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer delivers an incredible score in Man of Steel. Every music cue hits for me, especially that flight, that first flying scene. Every get hype moment hits harder because of the score. It's the best part in the film for sure. Kudos to Hans Zimmer for just letting it rip on a Superman movie. And then lastly, We come to the negatives of the episode. So first up is Kevin Costner's Jonathan Kent. Now, I don't entirely blame Costner for this take on Jonathan Kent. I shift the blame more towards Snyder and the writers. It is a terrible take on the character that just doesn't work for me. Especially his death scene. No son would stand there and let his father be sucked up into a freaking tornado. Even when he is fucking Superman. Also, his mentoring scenes weren't well done. I think the film would have been much stronger if Jor-El was his only mentor in becoming Superman. They probably could have just had a couple of flashbacks with Jonathan Kent, not this bigger role that Koshner played. It should have been a small role through flashbacks and then let Jor-El take the lead on the mentor part. Russell Crowe scenes were 10 times better than Koshner's, and it's because of the writing. Joel was just a better written character who leaves a bigger impact on the audience. And yeah, part of it is because Russell Crowe's uh, portrayal of it. and But Costner is a great actor as well. And I just, I don't understand why they dropped the ball on Jonathan Kent so hard. Jonathan didn't make any sense with his back and forth advice. One, one scene, he tells Clark that he should hide who he is, which is understandable. He's a father and he's afraid of him. But well, then the very next scene, he's telling them that he will do great things for the world. It just doesn't work. The back and forth, you can't have it. You need a solid path for a character like that. The writers needed to pick a path for the character and stick with it. The Jonathan character was just a mess, plain and simple in the film. And it's really disappointing. Because in Smallville, John Snyder killed it as Jonathan Kent. He was such a monumental part of Clark's life. And yet, Jarrell did show up in the show. Spoilers. But... In that one, Jonathan Kent was his mentor. He is helped him become Superman. And in this movie, Jor-El was that part. And they should have leaned harder on Russell Crowe instead of this back and forth between the two. They just dropped the ball, plain and simple. Next is the runtime. The film is a tad bit too long. I'll, I'll admit that, even though I love it so much. The beginning sequence on Krypton could have been cut and i think taking out some of those flashbacks like i said jonathan kent specifically would have helped the film move along smoother i wasn't bored at any means i just i think it could have been a much tighter film if they would have trimmed it a bit and then the color of the suit i love the overall design of superman's suit i just think it could have had a brighter color palette to it like in the christopher reeves movies Batman v Superman attempts to brighten his suit up a bit, but it's still a very dull suit from a color standpoint. And then lastly, Clark's secret identity. If you actually break down the film, Clark's secret identity isn't much of a secret. He saves everyone in the film without hiding his face. People would know who Superman is once he shows himself to the world, especially the people of Smallville. Everyone had to have known that Clark Kent is Superman. I think it would have been a really cool twist if they they did know, and they swore an oath to Clark to keep his secret. Again, I just I blame the writing. This, this part of the film was very poorly done. But even though this film does have a lot of problems, I'm still a defender of it, as you can tell. I will gladly die on that hill by myself if I have to. It's not just an incredible comic book movie, but also one of the best sci-fi films of all time. I think it was a great choice for Snyder to really put the alien side of Superman in the forefront of the film. The design of Krypton was cool. All the suits were great, even though I think the color pattern of Superman's could have been a bit brighter. And the technology of the Kryptonians were so awesome. The breathers were a cool tool, and the effects of the Kryptonian guns were awesome. I absolutely love the Iron Man moment that jor had at the beginning of the film, right before he was about to fight Zod. It's cool. Man of Steel is an awesome start to the DCEU, and I'm really excited for this season. I also have a lot of fun watching Batman v Superman every time, so I'm especially excited for next week's episode. This universe had such great potential under Zack Snyder, and it's very disappointing that it all went to shit a couple movies in, especially after Batman v Superman. I've always been a huge DC Comics fan, so I'm really let down when I noticed that the ship was going going down uh, after that opening weekend. But to be honest, the ultimate edition of Batman v Superman did save it for me because I, I was one of those. I was really disappointed with the opening weekend of Batman v Superman because it was, it was so confusing and it was such a mess and I'll get into this more next week, but the ultimate edition, which, which is why we're, I'm doing that version instead of the theatrical is because that is more of a coherent, a coherent, film overall and it's, it's 10 times better than the the crap they released opening weekend but that is a discussion for next week and i'm super excited for it but to end today's episode let's talk about the dcu rankings here on cinematic reviews so here is the starting ranking list for the dcu season on cinematic reviews at number one we have Zack snyder's justice league coming in at number two batman v superman dawn of justice ultimate edition number three is man of steel four wonder woman five the suicide squad six shazam seven birds of prey eight aquaman number nine the mess that was suicide squad and ten the even bigger mess that was wonder woman 1984. Throughout the season, I'll take a look at this list and see if my thoughts have changed on them at all. I'm really curious to see if they do, because I haven't seen some of these since they actually came out, like Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman 1984. For now though, I think Man of Steel is going to stay where where it's at for now, at number three. I absolutely love this film every time I watch it, but I think Snyder did his best work with Justice League and Batman v Superman. It's tough though because Man of Steel is a near perfect film. The cinematography and action sequences are so freaking good. And the music, my god. I can't give Hans Zimmer enough credit for the score of this film. It's just incredible. I love listening to it. It gets me so hyped. Looking at the rest of the list, I can't put any I can't put it any lower because it's definitely one of the top DCEU films. Even though that's not saying much. Because, like I keep saying, a lot of this universe is filled with really terrible films. But I'm super curious to see if the rankings do change throughout the season. The two I'm most curious about are Justice League and Batman v Superman. Those were always my favorite of the universe. And I can't wait to rewatch them again for the show. But in the meantime, you can, of course, find this list, along with many more, on IMDb and Letterboxd. Just search for Cinematic Reviews. Well, that'll do it for the premiere episode of the DCEU season here on Cinematic Reviews. Join me next week for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ultimate Edition, not the original cut. Trust me when I say the Ultimate Edition is the only way to do it. Also, tune in for new release Mondays every week. Later, everyone.